So the worksheet works goes from upper left to lower right. That's how it works. So we go, we're going to go all the way down the left-hand side to the box. Then we're going to go to the lightning bolt in the middle. And then we're going to go all the way down the right-hand side. Kind of like three rows, if you will. And it's going to go quick. So be ready. It's going to go by kind of fast. All right. So if you look right in the top of your lightning bolt on the top on the upper part right there, there should be a little space sideways. Should be a line, line space sideways. You see a space? It's right on the top there. It's got green lines right there. Oh, in that box. Yeah, lightning bolt box. In the top of the lightning bolt, not the black lines, the green lines up here. Going up and down, vertical. Yep. So I'm going to give you the reference that goes right there. Okay. Yep, on the side, sideways, sideways. Okay, and the reference is Matthew 5, 34. Matthew 5, 34. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read Matthew 5, 33 through 34. And then we're going to go down the left-hand side and look at the verses on the left-hand side. Okay, so this is what it says. So this is taking place, in, if you're wondering what my geography in the background here, you got water coming up from the left-hand side like a shoreline. And you got uh, like a big cliff edge there because this takes place during the Sermon on the Mount. 
This is Jesus standing up high, talking to thousands of people on the shoreline. Okay? And it says this, Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no vow at all, either by heaven or for for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. We'll stop there for a minute. Okay? So notice it says, again you have heard that the ancients were told. All right? So who are the ancients? If you're talking about uh, Matthew, this, this book of the Bible, by the way, the book of Matthew, was written uh, probably in Hebrew, written by a man who was testifying to Jews. Okay, so people who were of Jesus' nationality, right? And so, their ancients, who do you think they would be talking about? Give me some ancient Jews. Moses, perfect, right? So, Moses is the one I was looking for, that's easy, but you could have said Noah, right? Noah goes back, Abraham, Jacob, Lot, Isaac. All of them, right? So Jacob would be a really good one because he's kind of the founder of the nation. They, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And then if, if you were an Israelite, that means you came out of Jacob. Okay? But we're really looking for Moses right at this moment. And so we're going to go back to some of those books. So the first one, I'll read it to you first, then you can summarize it in the verses and or in the blanks and then put the reference. Okay? So the first one is in Leviticus 19.12. Okay? And this is what it says. It says... I'm in the wrong book. Hold on. Leviticus. There we go. 19 and 12. All right. It says, You shall... And you shall not swear falsely by my name so as to profane the name of... The, of your God, I am the Lord. So just as he said, the ancients were told, I'll get you in one second, Haley. Just as he said, the ancients were told, don't swear falsely by my name. All right, so on the black blanks, on the left-hand side on the top, are you with me now? That way you're going to ask me where I'm at? Okay, yep. On the upper left-hand side, you should see three blanks, and then three blanks says, don't swear falsely by my name. Six words. And then the reference, Leviticus 19.12. Get it? On the left, upper left-hand side. Six blanks. Don't swear falsely by my name. The six black lines. And then right under that, Leviticus 19.12. That's what I just read. And who, who wrote the book of Leviticus? It was Moses. That's right. He's the one who put it down on paper. Or whatever they had. <laughs> Probably more like papyrus. Really dense material. Okay. So don't swear falsely by my name was a command that they had gotten from Moses. And they were living by, remember that by this, before the New Testament, that's all they had to live by was the Old Testament, right? Now they're in the New Testament and Jesus is saying, you heard from the ancients, don't swear falsely by my name, Leviticus 19.12. Then also, it sort of repeats but is a little bit different in the book of Numbers, And who wrote the book of Numbers? Anybody know? Moses. That's right. Still Moses. So still a very long time ago, and the and what they would consider the leader of their nation, 
in his era for sure. He's the one who led them out of Egypt, lived right up to the edge of the promised land, and so on. Okay? And so in Numbers 30 and verse 2, it says, If a man makes a vow to the Lord, or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And so, Moses was saying, do or fulfill your vows. That's the next three blanks. Okay, so right there, you can put fulfill if you like that word because it's bigger and it kind of has to do with vows. Or you can just put do because that's a word that Moses used, which is kind of cool. Do your vows. Okay? And the reference was Numbers 30, verse 2. So it's do your vows or fulfill your vows, Numbers 32, 30, colon 2. Okay? We've got one more. So this is all what they would have been thinking. Yeah, we've heard it. We've heard it. We've heard it. This is where we heard it. Okay? And then we got Deuteronomy. And who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? We know it by now, don't we? Moses. Okay, so can anybody tell me, this would be a big one for somebody to get, can anybody tell me what the book of Deuteronomy is made up of? Why is it called Deuteronomy? Does anybody know? Deut, it's two. It's the two final speeches of Moses. Okay? So we, we, we actually taught through this entire book as a church. Right? So the two final book, speeches of Moses are in the book of Deuteronomy. That's what they are. And so the la part of the last words that Moses gave Israel to live by is what I'm about to read to you. Deuteronomy 23. And it says this. When you take a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. I'm going to skip 22. Then it says in 23. You shall be careful to perform what goes out from your lips, just as you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God, what you have promised. Okay? And so there's kind of like three things in there. The first is the next three blanks. And he said, do not delay. Do not delay. He also said, voluntarily vowed. That was your choice. You made a choice to make that vow. You didn't have to do that. Do not delay, then voluntarily vowed, and then voluntarily pay. Okay? So let's go candy. Alright, at the very top in the lightning bolt, the, the reference for that one was Deuteronomy 23, verses 21 and 23. Okay? So at the very top in the lightning bolt, the first thing I said, I read you a verse from Matthew. Jason, did you write it down? Yes. What was it? One out of two? One out of two. I knew that. That was good. Good catch. All right. Um, the first three blanks on the left-hand side. Natalie, did you write it down? What do you got? Perfect. Coming back. One out of two? No. Zero out of two, but she's going to eat them anyway. Okay. Um, let's see. 
three blanks above numbers. Chapter 30, verse 2. Kishan, did you get it? <laughs> that was fun. Okay. All right. So what we've got is Jesus making reference to how they've been taught this. Notice the word ancient there. He said, since ancient times you have been taught this. Under the word ancient, next to time goes much. If something is ancient, then that means there has been much time from when it started being taught to now. Okay? He said, you've heard this since ancient times. So, much time. Also, next to the word times, as you can imagine, many times. So, understand, these are Jewish men primarily, not only, right? But primarily Jewish men who are hearing this. There were also women and children. The children, five to nine years old, had already heard dozens of times that if they made a vow, they should not swear falsely. They should do their vows. They should, do not, they should not delay. They voluntarily vowed, so they should voluntarily pay. They have heard that dozens of times already. But by the time they're 30 years old and becoming a responsible man in their society, they have heard it hundreds of times. In fact, the Pharisees that were present memorized the whole book of Deuteronomy from the first word to the last word, memorized. They could recite the whole thing, which meant they, they could recite Deuteronomy 23, 21, and 23. And it was common for them to do that when they were preaching or teaching, which meant that everybody that was there had, had much time to hear the verses and had been in their literature and stories, right? You think of right, like pre-Christian literature now. If somebody read something then, these commands would have been in it. You follow? Also, they, every time they went to the synagogue, various verses were read. And it would be common to have almost every single Sabbath day, which for them was Saturday at that time, for some verse of these three to be read. You follow? So they had heard it 52 times a year. If they're 40 years old, they had heard it maybe, let's say, 50 times a year for 40 years. That's 2,000 times one of those three verses I just read to you. That's many times. Okay? So then if you look in between those two triangles, there's some little blanks there. And the question that goes in there is, what would you do? Okay? So, and then on the bottom, it says, I. And you're going to write in there, had you heard this, many times, and for much time, what would you do? So then you write in the box what you would do if you were like them, and you could say, well, you had heard, uh, don't swear falsely by his name. Do your vows. Do not delay. Voluntarily vowed. Voluntarily pay. If you do, if you, that's been taught to you thousands of times, I would, what? What would you do? Put it in there. Yours is going to be different than anybody else's. But you got to have something in the box so to get the object lesson out of the whole story here. What would? Yep. What would, that's right. This is what the crowd was thinking as Jesus was saying that. 
He says, you have heard it said, right? I'll read the verse. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. So they said, yeah, we have heard that thousands of times. In fact, most of them went, yeah, it, that's in Deuteronomy. He's quoting Deuteronomy 23. Yeah, he's quoting Numbers 30. Yeah, he's quoting Leviticus 19. Right? And they said, well, based on that, I know what I have to do. Okay? Now we're moving to the lightning bolt in the middle. It divides the page. And you'll see there are blank black lines on the top. Jesus said, but I say to you, that's what goes on the blank black lines, but I say to you. Now the but I say to you is important because this is a, a teaching method that Jesus was using. If you were if you have your Bibles open and you look back, you'll see that he did this several times in the Sermon on the Mount. So and so it's been said, but I say to you, it's been said, but I say to you, for example, back in verse 28, you have heard in 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, and then he goes on to teach on it, right? In verse 22, you have heard that it, the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, and so on. So this formula of Jesus is saying, you know all this, and you could even say, and because of that, you would do and whatever you put in the box. But Jesus is saying, but I say to you something more. right? When he said it was about adultery, it was a man angry in his heart with his brother, is guilty before the court, right? When he, when, by for committing murder, and he said, "But I say to you, a man committing adultery, but a man who lusts in his own heart toward another is guilty of adultery." So basically, every time it's more extreme. He's taking the next step. He's saying, "You've got to go further than you've ever gone before." That, but I say to you, means you've got to go further. And then over on the right hand side where there's blanks, there's a big blank, a little blank, then a big blank, two little blanks. You see it there, it's kind of on the cliff face. Yeah, kind of looks like that. Okay. Verse 34. But I say to you, make no oath at all. That's what goes in the blanks. Make no oath at all. That's what Jesus said. Now, is that the, na the natural or logical outflow of these verses? If you were living, is that what you put in the box? Did you put, I would make no oath at all? Or did you put, I would keep my oaths? See the difference? Or, and somebody might put, I would make no oath at all. That's a possibility, right? But the verses were correcting them in the way of saying, if you're going to make an oath, make it right. Okay. Now he goes on a little further. He says, but I say to you, make no oaths at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And you see a big knot circle there, and there's the head with a little mullet, and the heaven and earth. So you don't make any oaths or promises based on anything else. right? So you don't say, on my dead mother's grave, or... You know, if I don't do this, I'll give you money. 
right? You don't make oaths. Jesus said, make no oaths at all. But does that sound like a step up? Jason, if I say to you, you if you make an oath, you've got to keep it. And then I come back later and I say, make no oaths at all. Does that sound like a step up? Not really, right? Like, like if I haven't heard this before, and you come up to me and say, keep your oaths, and they come back in the Bible later and say, make no oaths at all, it feels like you're going against your word. Right. It's like a, almost like a contradiction, right? So what is he saying? And that's where we get it, okay? And it goes a little further. Um, verse 36. Nor shall you make an oath by your head. For you cannot make one hair white or black. And notice your head with your mullets in the circle there. Then 37. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. And anything beyond these is of evil. All right? And so they see two boxes there. And yes goes in both boxes. Yes equals yes. And the next box, no equals no. And then the final equation, anybody want to take a stab at it and guess it? Anything else or anything more equals evil. Very good. And in the word, it actually says anything beyond these. So anything different, anything going beyond that. So it seems like if I, if I said to you, if you make an oath, you've got to keep it. Then I sound like I'm, I don't trust you, right? Like, what is he saying exactly? You're not gonna, I'm not going to keep my word? I said I was going to do what I said I was going to do. I made a promise, right? So then I say, well, I'm going to keep it. And I'm like, okay, well, you got to keep it. Well, I'm going to keep it. Okay, I really want you to believe I'm going to keep it. I believe you, but I'm saying you're going to keep it. And there's a, con there's a contrast. There's a struggle. So then what you do is you say, well, I'm going to keep it or else I'll do this, right? This can be my penalty, if I don't keep what I say, right? And then you go, oh, man, if that's your penalty and it's enforceable by law, so there's you're going to fa sacrifice your deposit or you're going to have to pay money or you're going to have to give up something, no TV for a month or whatever. Then you're like, well, yeah. Now I really believe it, you're saying what you're saying, right? And Jesus is saying you can't do it that way anymore. You cannot decide whether, some, whether or not you're going to keep your oath by what it's going to cost you. You cannot decide whether or not you're going to keep your word by what it's going to cost you. You can't say, well, I know I promised I would be there at 7, but something came up and now I'm not. In the back of your mind, you know the person that you promised you're going to be there at 7, they may not think you're going to be there. They might be sad that you're not going to be there. They may think, well, next time he promises me he'll be there at 7, they may not trust you. But you're willing to risk that because you think something important came up. See, Jesus said, you can't do that. Whatever you say, that's it. Now, I want you to think about who God is. Remember our, our lesson from last week, Proverbs chapter 8? The first thing on the list to wisdom. Does anybody remember what it was? The first thing on the list? I happen to have the paper right here. Psalms, it was Proverbs 8.32. But this one's blank. But fortunately, I remember what it was. Does anybody remember? They have their paper stuffed in their Bible. Blessed are you if you keep 
my ways. Right? So if you do what God does, you'll be blessed. God will take care of it. So when God speaks, what happens? God said, let there be light. What happened? There was light. Right? Technically, God said, light be. That's what it actually says in the Hebrew language. It says, light be. And light sprung into existence as if it was waiting there to do exactly what God said. Waiting just outside existence. And it started. It began. It became. God is a creator and he creates with his voice. And if you say, I'll be there at seven, then you have created with your voice a condition which means you will be there at seven. Not you might be. Not you will be if you can. Right? That's why we did a lesson months ago about willfulness, right? That's why you say, if the Lord so wills. Meaning, I could be wrong. I'm saying I'm going to be there at 7, but I could be wrong, and God could be saying something different. Bless you, I think. Uh, anyway, so God could be doing something different. So God could not let me be there at 7. Or Jesus could come again before then, and I wouldn't be there at 7. So you say, if the Lord wills, I'll be there at 7. But if there's nothing else... If the Lord doesn't cause a miraculous intervention to stop me from being there, then you're there. Or, the alternative, don't say you'll be there. It says, let your yes be yes and your no be mo no. Your, God's ways are like this. Has God ever made a promise that he didn't keep? No. Never been a promise that God didn't keep. Now, there are promises he hasn't kept yet. Right? They're still in the works. But God doesn't make promises and not keep them. So we're like God. You're made in the image of God initially, but you're flawed because of your sin. But now you've been reborn. You're following the Lord. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. To what extent? How far does it go? What does it have to cost me? What if it costs me my life? What if I have to die or risk death in order to be there like I said I would or show up for that person like I said I would? then you die or risk death. Or, in the first place, you don't say you're going to do it. Why? Because you're created in the image of God, and you belong to him, and you're following his example. Blessed are you if you keep his ways. One of his ways is he does what he says, he keeps his promises, he creates with his voice, and the list goes on. So on the left side, you have the commands. By the time Jesus had, was preaching in this day, that had been changed to, if a man said, I'll pay you 50 gold on payday, which was never gold because that's way, worth way too much. I'll pay you 50 minas, like small copper coins, on payday. And he couldn't or he didn't, then there was a fine or a penalty or interest, right? Like a late fee. It was built in. But otherwise, no big deal. But if a man said, I'll pay you 50 minas on payday or on the house of God, or on the altar, or in the name of God, right, or on my head, right, then if he didn't do it, it was punishable under law. He'd be put in debtor's prison. He could be killed, right, for blaspheme. That's the day they were living in. I ask you, are we living in the same kind of a day? There are so many people today that say they'll do whatever and they don't do it. You can't. You can't be like that. You must be like Jesus commanded us to be, which is your yes is yes, your no is no. 
somebody says, can you do this? You say, no. That settles it. Or you shouldn't have said no in the first place. They say, can you do this? You say, yes. That settles it. You do it. If you have to get help from others, if you have to get a third job, if you have to bleed, sweat, stay up late, go without sleep, go without eating. If you can't be that firm about what you say, then don't say it. And that's what Jesus was teaching. It is a step up from, well, if I don't do it, I'll take a penalty. If I don't do it, people will mistrust me or whatever. Right? You keep your promises. I find it interesting that in, in the Christian world, we see some men and women who will go the distance. They'll do what it is that God called them to do, no matter what it takes, and they say, I'll be there and I'll do it. Alicia's here tonight leading worship with congestion in her chest. Feels like crap. Rather be home sleeping. Right? Fighting it off. I'm here teaching. And I've taught a number of times when I've been sick. RJ's had to preach for the first, uh, I don't know, 20 times he preached. It seemed like the enemy was after him. And a lot of times he would get sick right before. And yet he did it anyway. Right? But you get sick working a Pizza Hut job or whatever, and you call off. Well, you're serving the Lord. I, you said I would be there, right? And in fact, most employers have emergency time off planned. So you can call off a certain number of times. When I was at Pizza Hut, if you missed three times in six months, you lost your job. We had a lot of minimum wage employees, and the rules were if you missed three times. And you're like, but I called off, but I had a doctor's note. But what? it doesn't matter. We need people who actually can and want to work. And the restaurant doesn't run if the people don't show up. And everybody was like freaked out by that. I had a person had a doctor's note twice. The third time they called off because they want to play football in their backyard. And then they lost their job. And they're like, what? I can't believe I lost my job. I had a doctor's note twice. And yet the restaurant has to run and we can't hold your spot for you because you said you would be here and you're not here. And like, But I was sick. Yeah, I understand that. Two times you were sick and one time you were playing football. And I get that. I feel bad about that. But you knew the rules. You understand. Voluntarily took the job knowing the rules. Now you don't have the job. You can get a job somewhere else. And the next job you get, I suggest you show up on time. Every day. In uniform. Don't take time off. It's not back then. Sometimes now I think it is. And things are changing. But back then it wasn't reasonable to be sick three times and miss work in six months. But now with COVID, things have changed. Right? But people can work when they're sick. They just can't work when they're contagious. Or they shouldn't. And some jobs you can if you don't work with people. Bottom line is, Jesus was taking it a step further. He was not backing it down. The one verse I didn't read to you, and I'll close on this, Deuteronomy 23, 22, which is in between 21 and 23, which I did read to you. Deuteronomy 23, 22. I'll read it right out of the Bible. And this is... The last thing we're going to close on. 23, 22 says this. 21, you'll recall, says, When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. 22 says, However, if you refrain from vowing, it would not be sin in you. You shall be careful to perform what goes out from your lips, just as you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised. 
Notice that the second part of that, it says, you shall be careful to perform what goes out from your lips just as you have voluntarily vowed, just as you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God. In other words, in the you should be careful to perform whatever goes out from your lips is the let your yes be yes and your no be no, but they had let that go. And the question is, has, do we live in a time where people have let it go? You know that there was a time a couple hundred years ago that nobody ever signed a contract? It wasn't cell phones or even telephones. 200 years ago, it wasn't even telephones. Right? What year was that invented? Maybe. No, 200 years ago, we didn't have telephones. Right? Telegram. Right? So there wasn't somebody in California providing something for... So you went down to the, the, the store to buy what you needed, and you couldn't pay for it, and you told them you'd pay for it when you had the money. There was no contract. There was no sign on the dotted line. You said you'd pay. Everybody knew you'd pay. But now, 200 years later, everybody's thinking, always thinking about how they can get out of their commitments. And that's not how it works. In the kingdom of God, you do what you said you would do, or otherwise you don't say you would do it. You say, but I messed up. I forgot. I didn't put on my calendar. Or I didn't know I had another commitment. You're responsible for that. You have to know if you had another commitment. Right? So you shouldn't say yes without first checking your calendar. Or if you don't keep your own calendar with your parents, your grandparents, or your wife, or your husband, first checking to make sure. And if you're a man in the room, and you didn't check your calendar or check with your wife first, and you made a commitment, and now you have to go back to your wife and say, I'm sorry, now I'm double booked. And when I do that, I either find a way to make sure both works, or I take the hardest road. Right? Because that's what you do. That's what men do. And if you're an adult female, you understand that when the appointment comes, when the calendar is scheduled, when it's on there, you have to, you have to be there or you've got to reschedule it. All right? You said you'd be there. And by the way, doctor's offices now charge you fees when you miss your appointment. And you, you don't renew your license plates, you get a ticket. And the, li the list just goes on and on. Keep your commitments. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. That's what he was talking about. And anything other than that, like for example, if you would say, I know I should do this, but I don't want to have to do it, so I'm not going to keep my commitment. Anything other than that is considered as evil. Okay, I'm pulling all these out here. Let's see. I'm going to get a bunch out because I'm going to use these up so I can buy new candy bars next week. There we go. That'll be enough. Okay, so if your paper is at least half filled out, I'm bringing you candy. So show me your paper. Father in heaven, uh, this road that you set us on, if we were to try to walk it without Jesus, 
would be virtually impossible. We would get it right sometimes and wrong sometimes, and when we got it wrong, the, the price to be paid would be too high. When we got it wrong, we'd be too alone, we'd be too trapped outside, we'd be too uh, stuck in the darkness. Um, but Lord, now when we walk this road and do what it is, that we try to do what it is that we're supposed to, try to be the person we're supposed to be, make our yes, yes, and our no, no, when we screw that up, you're there with us. You're in us, and you can help us keep our promises and make it turn out the way it's supposed to, and even correct us in the moment. I, I think about the times where I said, said to myself, well, I'm going to say I'll do this, and you said, don't do that. And I couldn't think of any reason at all why I shouldn't say so, but in my spirit, you were correcting me and saying don't, and then when the time comes... There was something going on at that time that was completely outside my control and there was no way I could do it. I thank you, Lord, that you protect godly men and women who try to follow you. I also know that we get it wrong sometimes. We're going to make commitments. Sometimes we do it quick. We're not quite ready. Whatever, we jump on ahead of you. And, um, and I also know that Jesus' blood on the cross pays for that. It covers it. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's an impossible thing for a human being to say and do everything that they say. And then it's an impossible thing for a human being to not say because this life runs on commitments. It runs on, I'm taking care of my wife, I'm taking care of my kids, I'm taking care of my job, I'm paying my bills, I'm, I'm following the law, following the rules. This life runs on commitment in a lot of ways. And that's because in, in, without that, we would have a hard time relating with other people. Because they, they want from us all the time, and we have to know when to say no. And they want from us, and we have to know when it's right, and we say yes. And, it, and we need that wisdom. And just as we talked about the wisdom from Proverbs 8, and, and one of the things is following the ways that you've set before us. And one of the ways you've set before us is, is this way. That our yes be yes, and our no be no, and anything more than that is evil. We love you, Lord. We ask you to help us stand firm and do what's right and keep our commitments. I'm going to pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.